Welcome to Devotions in the Deep End. I'm Cam Buchanan, and this is a carefully crafted devotional journey through the New Testament. Let's venture into deeper water as we consider what it means to follow Jesus in the world we live in now. Welcome back to Devotions in the Deep End. Our passage for this episode is Matthew chapter 18, verses 10 to 12. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Hopefully, you have listened to my last couple of episodes where the subject of the little ones has had a fair bit of attention. This subject matter began with the disciples' question about human greatness, followed by Jesus calling them to become more like children. The initial conversation about little ones was entirely related to children and the posture of welcome the disciples should have towards them. Then the conversation continues, but the meaning of little ones takes a bit of a turn. The little ones become those that believe in Jesus. In particular, the little ones are all vulnerable believers. Children, of course, are most certainly included in such a definition, but it would also include new and impressionable believers, perhaps even persecuted believers, and others who for whatever reason need extra help in working out their discipleship journey. It is this meaning of little ones that we are bringing to this episode also. And we are told very clearly here that none of these little ones are to be despised. In other words, they must not be looked down upon in any way. They must not be treated with contempt. They, for any number of reasons, are vulnerable and need to be lifted up and built up towards maturity and strength. They must not be left behind in the belief that they are just too much work. We are also told that God's face is clearly inclined towards such people. When Jesus speaks of their angels in heaven, he is making a strong and mysterious point that these little ones deeply matter to God. He is deeply invested in them. And after all this questioning about human greatness and God's kingdom, this lesson serves as a significant reminder to the disciples about the future expectation of care for the flock of Christ. Speaking of flocks, Jesus uses that very analogy in the parable he then shares. Here in Matthew's account, we already know the context from previous episodes. But in Luke's account, this parable is framed around a dinner table where Jesus is eating with some shady characters while a group of religious folk felt the need to chip in their negative responses to what they saw. Does this mean one of the writers got the context wrong? No, I don't believe so. It's a rural area and a simple metaphor of looking after sheep would have loads of applications in that place. There are many credible modern scholars, including people like Don Carson, who make good cases for Jesus using this parable more than once in his travels and multiple contexts. There's a handful of other instances in the Gospel accounts where this might also be the case. With these two very different contexts in play, Jesus uses this parable to defend those he deems to be vulnerable in some way or another with their faith development. So now let's consider the parable. A flock of a hundred sheep would be a decent size in the view of a Jewish man at the time. Decent enough for us to consider what one lost sheep might really mean for him. 
A report out of the United States shows us that in one year recently, more than 4% of all flocks died from non-predatory means. None of these deaths made it to the dinner table. And the lower the flock numbers, the higher the percentage actually was. This is with all the health knowledge we have now compared to what was known at the time Jesus spoke this parable out. Then above that, there are the predatory ones, which can be harder to defend against. Today, one lost sheep from a purely economic perspective is simply collateral damage. A sheep separating from the flock is counterintuitive, so it is likely stuck somewhere, or it's injured, or it is sick, or taken. So with the question of whether a shepherd would look for a lost sheep, I think the answers among the Galilean audience would be a little bit mixed. Some would offer an emphatic no, and others yes. It might depend on the level of investment that each shepherd would have. The idea of leaving the flock to find one, with little odds of it being alive if or when you found it, would certainly make the crowd wonder at what they would do. If I'm right about all that, then this would mean Jesus is speaking a parable that makes the character of God come out in a really powerful way. One lost sheep may be collateral damage in a farmer's paddock, but one lost sheep in God's economy means stopping everything and looking for it. God, as a metaphorical shepherd, leaves the healthy 99 and goes looking for the one that got away. The 99 would be okay because in their healthy state, they would instinctively stick together and rally together against any threat. God will search for that sheep. And if it is found alive, God will emphatically celebrate its return to the flock once again. A lost sheep in Jesus' parable is not collateral damage. It is not despised. It is not viewed with contempt. It is worth going out of his way to bring back. In Matthew's account, for the benefit of his disciples, Jesus explains that the father experiences great joy when a little one is returned to safety and is back on the track of healthy and safe discipleship. In Luke's account, for the benefit of the sneering Pharisees, Jesus explains that the father experiences great joy when the sinner repents. So now, let's reflect on this. The point of the parable is not to merely describe the heart of God, but for those in earshot to actually imitate it. It begins with a right attitude towards the flock of God. The religious ones, sneering at the sinners sitting with Jesus, were simply carrying on what they had been erroneously shown through the centuries before. Ezekiel 34 verses 1 to 5 gives a bit of a report card that God had already given about these people as shepherds of Israel. It says this, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays, or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. In other words, they had forgotten or abused the little ones of the flock. As shepherds, not only had they ignored the one that got away, but they were facilitating disease and danger among the 99 as well. The disciples now had a chance to lead the flock in a whole new way through Christ. 
In Ephesians 4, we learn of a ministry capacity that is gifted by Jesus to the church for this purpose, the gift of the pastor. But pastors, we still have some lessons to learn even now. Despite being raised a city guy, I have resided and ministered in rural settings for the last 10 years. So it's safe to say I've seen a lot of sheep in that time. In my faith development years in city churches, I was taught that sheep were just dumb animals that needed carers to do everything for them. This would also sadly come with the attitude that pastors viewed their congregation as dumb sheep. It's probably time to set the record straight a bit with all that. Sheep are not designed to carry burdens, and they are somewhat vulnerable animals. They do need care. All of that is true. They are a great animal to use to describe little ones in the context of what Jesus is saying in all this. But they are incredibly intelligent creatures that are super aware of what's going on around them. They have great capacity to read and respond to the emotions of the humans that are caring for them. Such is this ability to respond, it has been proven that even the most aggressive ram can become a calm pet in a loving environment. The times sheep don't demonstrate this intelligence is when they are scared or pushed to the limit emotionally. Like humans, really. And as I said earlier, they usually stray from the flock due to injury or illness, not stubbornness. Studies have shown that sheep can remember as many as 50 faces over a two-year period and can recognize faces that differ by less than 5%. Interestingly, they also retain the memory of an absent flock member for years, something to note for any church leaders who might be listening in. And they are highly social animals that naturally draw to being together, something to note for anyone who isn't connected to a church at the moment. So we can write a sheep off as just another stupid animal? as I did in my city slicker upbringing? Or we can see something special about them and value them differently because of what we took the time to see. When you discover that sense of value in what you see, you tend to treat it differently. God sees the value of the little ones that religion and even Christian disciples are willing to cast off as expendable or dumb or things to rule over. In his value system, he drops everything to find them. He looks for signs of life. He carries the animal on his own shoulders back to the fold because the sheep will have tired itself out getting lost. And those following Jesus do the same. They follow him into the outer reaches of the flock, looking for signs of life, actively seeking to restore them to the flock once again. As we come to the end of this broadcast, let me ask three brief questions. First, have you gotten yourself a bit, well, lost? Have you gotten away from the flock, gotten into vulnerable spots, slipped away from your faith, done some damage to yourself through sin? Or have you gotten injured to the point that you are walking alone or behind right now? Can I invite you to let out an almighty bleat? By this I mean reach out to a believer and ask them to come and get you. There is a flock that still retains your spot in their heart, and they just won't be complete again until they know you've returned. More importantly, the Heavenly Father is wanting also to celebrate your return. He has not written you off. He is searching, wanting to find your faith still alive to Him. Second, have you noticed that someone close to you or your community has gotten themselves a bit lost? What steps are you taking to go and find them? Will you follow Jesus to where the lost little ones might be? And finally, is there any despising going on that needs to be challenged in you today? The little ones in the flock can also be the difficult ones at times for any number of reasons. 
They are sometimes the ones that try our patience or take extra time to catch on or need extra care spiritually, emotionally, or even physically. They could be from a different generation to us and they want things presented in a way that we find hard to relate to. They might be coming from a life of sin that we have no clue about. They might come with questions that seem important to them but feel frivolous to us. They might feel a little exasperating to us at times, but these are the ones that matter deeply to Jesus and attract his compassion. Therefore, they must matter to us as well. Let this be your mindset with the little ones all around you. Thanks for tuning in. To stay in touch, like our Devotions in the Deep End Facebook page and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I look forward to catching up next time.